Alright, hey everybody, welcome to the Unnamed Dynasty uh, football podcast. Of course, uh, we still haven't figured out a name. I'm your host, Jason Seplick, the football goonie himself. Uh, And on today's show, we're going to be discussing proposed rule changes and votes upcoming for the 22 season of Prestige Dynasty Worldwide. And we have a special guest, our fearless commissioner, Clay. How's it going, Clay? It's good. How are you, champ? Oh, man. It's, I'm glad you acknowledged that. Uh, I'm I'm feeling like a winner, although it's been a rough day at work. How are you doing? Good, good. About the same. Starting to heat up. Still trying to acquire raw materials so that we have something to do. All right. Well, we appreciate your hard, hard work at that. So, um... For everyone listening, basically, I'm, we're going to go through the list of proposed changes, and uh, me and Claire are just going to spend a few minutes talking about them. We're not really going to get into a heavy, heated discussion about it. We're just going to give multiple viewpoints so you can think about it, and then you'll be involved in the uh, the extended roundtable podcast uh, that we will be doing on Discord. So we're still trying to figure out the logistics of that, but... Uh, It'll happen this weekend, either Friday or Saturday night, um, and I'll try to remember to base it on most of y'all's time because you're not in the central. But uh, I think it's gonna be a fun little thing, and it'll it'll definitely be a new adventure because we've never done anything like that before, especially with so many people. Uh, so if you want, uh, Clay, would you start it off, I guess, and uh, give us what the first proposed change is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I also I. I'll throw in that uh, I appreciate you uh, heading that up. I think that would be fun to uh, have conversation and hear. I don't know that I've heard many people's voices in our league, so I think that would be fun to uh, do. So I appreciate you putting that together. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I think we have gone a little quiet as of late the last season or so. So uh, I'm yeah. hope I'm hoping we get a resurgence of uh, participation. Definitely. I know we had a little bit of troubling stuff happen recently, but I didn't. I didn't really want to get into that today. This is just about the meat and potatoes. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, for maybe we've got somebody new or people that aren't in the league, we basically just keep a running list throughout the season. Somebody will send me a, a DM and say, "Hey, I, I don't really like this, or could we consider that?" So we have a list here. The first one is, uh, so it's a two QB league. The first one is addressing the uh, QB scoring. We obviously have standard QB scoring right now, uh, four points passing, six points rushing, but it really um, really makes it unbalanced with the uh, crappy running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson because they get a lot of points from rushing, um, but they're not, you know, other quarterbacks throw a lot don't get near as many points for being real life good quarterbacks all right so uh so the proposed one is going from four to six points on the passing touchdowns correct yeah yeah either that or i think we've talked about maybe getting with sleeper and seeing if they could put a new feature where you could modify rushing touchdowns based on quarterback versus other positions and adjust that down but that's not available right now so right I, I would agree with you that i think uh i think that would definitely be the the best fix but um yeah until that's a reality we can't just go back and trust that everything will get adjusted every week so um all right so so do you have any uh, way you lean or any argument that you want to start off with no i mean i don't uh, I'm fine with either one of those things. I think we should do something to balance out the quarterback position um, just because it, it, it doesn't really match what they actually do in the NFL. Um, and I'm fine with either. If, if we could get Sleeper to do where you could do positional scoring based on rushing, that would be great. If we can't, then I would be fine with making six-point passing uh, touchdowns instead of four just to kind of even it out and bring – the value's already high for all quarterbacks, but that would level the playing field for all of them as well. Okay. Well, then uh, I think what we should do then is we should have a two vote on this. 
I think the first one is if we end up getting what we want out of Sleeper, would that be the preferred style? And if that one wins, then obviously that would be like an amending Trump vote that's already taken care of that we don't have to go through the channels and maybe wait a season on. Um, And then uh, real quick, just to get on it, um, basically, like you said, quarterbacks in the 2QB league are more important. So the two arguments or the two viewpoints would be one, uh, or one of the viewpoints is the fact that rushing quarterbacks are being more valued even though they're not playing as well just because of the way rushing yardage is compiled versus... uh, versus passing yardage, and then also the touchdowns. Now, we can't address everything. Uh, I think I've proposed in the past that maybe we adjust the passing or the the passing yard pointage down to like 20 yards rather than 25 yards. Um, that could even the field on the yards, but right now we're just talking about touchdowns. So I would say that the, the one argument is that the six points would even the playing field like you're saying, the opposing argument would be that you're now limiting the pool of effective quarterbacks in the two QB league because the Russian QBs lose some value. Um, and then also, you're also putting more importance on maybe the top tier passers. So a guy like uh, Josh Allen that's both would just astronomically be better than almost anyone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you could... I think you could. There could be a way to balance. I mean, like Josh Allen's an anomaly because he does both well. But you know, Mitchell Trubisky scoring, you know, however many points he scores, just because he runs and he throws. You know, maybe the maybe the maybe we change how much an interception or a fumble for a quarterback uh, loses you. You know, because that's why. You know, again, not to pick on Lamar, but the dude has like you know, six turnovers a game, but he rushes for 150 yards and three touchdowns and it's no big deal. Right. So, so maybe what we do then is we'll have a, we'll have two besides just the sleeper vote. I mentioned, maybe we have two votes where it's uh the six point versus the four point. And then maybe uh, we can have a second vote of instituting instead of increasing fumbles. Cause that would affect running backs as well and receivers maybe uh it, creating a fumbled for a negative one and then a fumble uh a fumble lost for negative one so basically like if they fumble but they put the ball on the ground and someone bails them out they're still losing one point which isn't huge but it, it kind of evens it out a little bit yeah yeah i think you know one of the things that I think also just in to put this out there for all of these issues, I think, you know, we posted two polls today, but one of them was about the COVID IR spots. And, you know, the first poll for all of these will probably just be, hey, is this something we should change and address? And if the majority says yes, then we could, then we proceed through the options. Okay. Um, yeah, that would probably actually be the best way to do it, so maybe that's just a better way to approach it. If anyone has any real big argument against as to why we shouldn't do that, go ahead and say it on the chat after you listen to this. But I don't think that's really going to rub anyone the wrong way, just creating a, a better option of voting. So um, I do like that, so I'd say I'd say let's get it going that way. Um, yeah. So n- next up, then we have. Uh, I think this is your brainchild, the playoff yeah. layout. Yeah. So I tried. This is really hard to explain over me and you were texting, and <laughs> I felt like I didn't do a good job. So currently, the way we do it is, you know, our scoring champ could have a bad week the first week of the playoffs, and he's out. And you know, you could attest to that every year except for this year. Um, and that just kind of sucks because you we have Aniston scoring that basically keeps the lead even um, for off weeks for good teams so that they continue to stay in the top half of the league. So what kind of what I proposed was rather than have head-to-head matchups every week, that we have head-to-head and Aniston matchups every week for the playoff teams, and we do four rounds. And basically we do it just like a mini-season where – you face off against a team 
um, you know, every week. And if you beat them, you get a point. But you also can get a second point um, if you are in the top half of the playoff teams in scoring. So basically, at some point, you'll be eliminated, but you won't be eliminated in the first week. Uh, you could go 1-1 one and one or 2-0 and oh or 0-2. Oh but even if you start off 0-2 and, and then you you finish out, you have, you still have a shot at the title. So it kind of makes it so that it's it our season isn't any given Sunday because it's Aniston scoring, and it kind of changes the playoffs so that they're not just any given Sunday. Everyone has a shot. No one's eliminated week one because you know their star running back you know has COVID or something. Right. So. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna ask you one question to direct this uh, to give you a little bit better chance to explain, and sure. before I destroy your your argument because if people haven't picked up, I wasn't really keen on this at least when I heard it. Um, so the question then is: Are you proposing that it's going to be a uh, uh, a just like free for all of directed games where the Aniston's involved, or is this gonna come to some sort of tournament heading where there's still a championship matchup that's just two teams. So you could have either or happen, and it just would depend on how everybody's team does. So there's still benefits at the end of the year to being the league champ in the regular season because you get so the setup to the matchups in this round robin is that the top half of the teams get to choose their matchups for the first week. Uh, and so if you win the season, you get to pick who you play the first week of the playoffs in the round robin. So you can decide, do I want the weakest team or the team that has the worst schedule? Now, is it still is it still going to be a limited amount of teams, or is this including the whole yeah. league now? Yeah, okay. so it would still just be six teams. So we would go from 10 to 6, the normal amount of playoff teams we have. There are no buys, so no one has a bye week, and we just have you know four weeks of basically playing if we need it now by three weeks you could have somebody who's who was the champ the whole season and they they're winning their head-to-heads and getting an aniston every round of the playoffs so you know after three weeks they're six and oh and everyone else is you know three and three well then the following week doesn't really matter so right i don't know if that so 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 okay i got what you're saying so um all right, let me let me spitball a couple of points on it as to why I think this would not be great or the problems at least with it, and so people can hear this and make up their own minds a little bit in their heads. Um, so one, I think the most obvious argument is um, I think there's something a little more pure and a little more like something like the NFL that um, that it's a one-off game and you just got to beat your best. Uh, because in the NFL, if a team's banged up going into the playoffs, even if they had a dominant 15 weeks and they lose their top-end QB, like, they're not getting a do-over. Like, if they lose their QB, they're probably going to lose week one, even if they're late, or week two, if they're the, the number one seed, you know? Um, yeah. so, so it kind of mirrors the purity. Um, I think that, that kind of lives to football, because football's so limited, in games otherwise it would have series like all the other major sports you know um, yeah i i agree i just think it while that is true and i agree with you that also is the format that most normal leagues follow but when we since we're using the aniston scoring system you know we kind of don't follow that because you have an opportunity even if you have an off week or your star quarterback goes down to still get at least to go one and one right I'm, I, it's just that, you know. I, yeah, I get where you're coming a, from. I don't, I don't think our league needs this, but it's just a twist on a rule, a twist on a playoffs that would, you know, could be intriguing. Okay. So, um, all right. So my my actual arguments against this or the things that I see as being, like, the reason why it's a problem. Uh, one, I would say I understand your point on the Aniston score in the regular season, but if that's the case... What's the point of even having a playoffs? So let's just continue the regular season through the end, and whoever's the the best at the end's the best at the end. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like, um, and I don't agree with that. I think the playoffs are a little more special, and it needs to have some some more finality to it. And I feel like that everyone's got a shot every week, no matter what, until the last week, basically. And I'm not really about that. 
Uh, second of all, I think that it, it just presents too much of a logistical nightmare of figuring out the best way to, for it to run smoothly. Um, it, it's just... Oh, hold up one sec. Uh, send a voicemail. I had someone from my crew calling me, but I'll call her back after. Um, uh, so yeah, logistically, I just think it's probably a little hard to figure out, at least in such short notice. Like, it, it would maybe be better to be like, uh, if you really wanted to, to talk about this, is like, maybe we do a theoretical wall of playoffs is going on, and just see how it turns out compared. And then, yeah. uh, and then, like, what I spoke to before, as far as, like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter that you were the best team for so long if you're not performing with brass tacks when it matters then like there there shouldn't be a gimme at that point you know to keep you in it um i i feel like that system would end up producing that the one of the two like two or three best teams in the league will always win and guys three through six or four through six will never have a chance and that's the beauty of playoffs is um, you can have one stellar week as the four seed, or I mean the six seed against number one and beat them, and then another week the your opponent just bombs and you get there, and then it's just a, it's an opportunity for a Cinderella story, like Tyler had where he almost made it to the championship even though his team was just not good enough to compete. It just somehow kept competing, and I I, I don't want to rob that kind of, and I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm a pompous it a hole but like that kind of magic you know no i mean i agree you uh you know it, you would have to mount a much longer cinderella story over the span of you know four weeks rather than just you know winning a matchup here or there because you'd have to be you'd have to have some miracles for a lot longer whereas just head-to-head matchups in the way we do playoffs now you just gotta have a miracle once and then you know, once more, and then you're in the playoff, the championship game. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, ultimately, too, if we decide to change something like this that's kind of big, that it's probably – I think there are some rules that when we change them, we should consider let's change this, but let's implement it. Like you said, we can do it like, hey, this is theoretically what it would look like this year because just so everybody gets an idea because we're going to implement it next year. And then that gives us time to – maybe theoretically it doesn't look great so we can tweak it or scrap it right. without ruining the playoffs so um, yeah something like that I mean, so yeah i don't disagree okay so i think i think I, when people look at this and we'll talk about it in the discord but i think when people look at the vote for this i think what we should end up doing is going like a hard pass on it as it's as it's written to do it this year but it, you and I or whoever wants to be involved in it that's like into this kind of like odd stuff and like analytical stuff and and doing that kind of stuff why don't we just put together a a go at it just off to the side where it doesn't matter and we'll uh, we'll we'll just present it next year so people can vote it down now and we'll just go like hey remember that vote this is what would have happened if we went to something like this. Do you guys even want to try voting on it next year, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I just, I, it, it, to me, I think it's a little too much change or a little too cute, but we'll see. Uh, and, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the roundtable. Uh, so, next up, I think this is kind of the easiest one. It's the, the limit roster size at some point, and that's a very vague way of putting it. But, like you said before, it's going to be a... Uh, Let's just vote if we need to change the current setup now at some point, period, and then to what degree. Um, I mean, the obvious one is no and just keep going. Like, at some point, it's just going to be out of hand. Like, people are going to have empty bench spots. So, I mean, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, so, I'm, I'm assuming you're in most people would be for this rule. Like, what, what do you think the ideal situation is? Do we, uh, do we limit it to we don't add any more spots this season or do we add five, like another five and then stop? Like, what's your opinion? Yeah. Again, I think that's, so the COVID IR spots, the first vote is, should we do this? And this is the vote that's up now and it says no, yes, or 
yes, but we should implement it in 2023. So I think, you know, the first vote is, should we change, should we limit the roster spot, look roster size at some point? No, yes, or yes, starting in 2023. Personally, um, I, um, I would be fine with going ahead and addressing this, but implementing it next year. Um, I, you know, I think that this is beneficial to all teams. Uh, it's hard for it's hard for me to cut players. I'm not trying to be arrogant here, um, but it's hard for me to cut players. And then when I have extra draft picks because I've traded for them, I have to cut more players. But, you know, we're adding five places, so I get five more spots. And if we limit the roster sizes, guys who don't have deep rosters, you know, in that situation where I can't just go get five more people, you know, I have an incentive to say, hey, I'm going to take my seconds and thirds and trade it for your late first. So you, the teams that are shallow could start trading one draft pick for multiple, and they could start filling out their rosters quicker. Um, and then, you know, deeper teams um, would be willing to trade, you know, pieces of this or that or wide receiver threes and, and twos to get ones. And so you – I don't know. I just I, – like you said, at some point – it's just out of control. Um, right. So, so I think, and this, the next one goes with it, you know, adding more required starters to the roster. I think at some point we got to start starting more people. If we're going to have 35 people, um, 35 bench spots, I think we need to start more than, you know, two flex, two wide receiver and two running backs. I don't know, you know, what, what we want to start more of, but right. we're going to have, you know, huge benches, we should be starting more people or else what's the point of just, we're just hoarding players at that point. All right. So I, so yeah, I agree with your point. So I'm of the very strong belief. I don't think we should have an unlimited and no, no league would be able to sustain unlimited. So I think, uh, I think this votes a a given that it's going to have to be limited at some point. Um, I, I'm of the thought that it's not this year. Uh, things were were done with trades and all sorts of stuff where uh, you can't just limit it this year because that actually affects last season to an extent. Um, But on top of that, I don't think we have a deep enough roster anyways for the structure with two QBs Um, because everyone's holding more QBs than normal in a dynasty. Because the max anyone would touch is three in a normal dynasty league, and most people get a lot of people get by with two. So, so I think since there's the importance of QB and the the use of it, even with like the 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 crummy guys like the Eason's and stuff, that like although they're a super long shot, they're still sitting on someone's bench because we do limit the amount of QBs you can hold. Um, I think we need at least five, but I'm actually not sold on next year. Um, it might be the year after that where we need 10 more total, especially if we're going to add another spot. Cause like, I, I understand like where we're at now, but, and, and how you feel like you need to start it, but there's still teams struggling to put a full lineup that's competitive, you know? And I know five more spots and five more players are going to help that. But I think, and we'll get to that in the next, in the next topic in a sec, but I think that like. If we're going to end up adding a spot either now or in the future, and uh, spoiler alert, I'm more into the future, um, I, I think that one spot still requires extra benches to come with it. So uh, I, I, I'm not 100% sold. We need to do it, implement this in 23. Uh, it might be 24, but that being said, that's where I firmly sit is that we need to limit it in the next two years, not now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I mean, you have some teams that have gone heavy on building, rebuilding with draft picks, and if you have 10 or 15 or 12 or whatever draft picks this year, and we say, well, we're not adding five spots to your bench, well, you know, you just screwed those teams because that's what they were building, uh, you know, plethora of picks for, so I agree with you, I think whatever we decide, it needs to start at least uh, next year's draft, I would probably... um, I think my uh, stance would be that we add five this year. We run our draft, but we don't add any more after that. I think we'll be pretty heavy at that point. And then, so we add five this year, and then next year we don't, but we do add 
some kind of extra spot or two. I don't know, but you know, at least add one more player as far as a wide receiver, running back, or or flex spot next year. So um, yeah, so so I'll just add it as a final point. I think a lot of one QB leagues actually cap in like it are better set up when they have five more spots than we have now on the bench and we're two QB leagues so I think that's why 10 more spots is ideal and the the next two drafts this one with a lot of depth lacking star power and the next one with a lot of everything I think we're going to have a lot easier time filling it especially the teams that have been building up the way or setting up to build um, but anyways, so let's just jump into it now, then adding another spot, whether it be a receiver, a running back, or another flex spot. Uh, right now, it's just the vote is whether to add one or not, or add anything or not, and then the logistics afterwards. Um, I I think you you just said it a minute ago, but like I'm in agreement this year. I think it's a non-starter. I don't think we should be adding a spot this year, period. Um there's not enough teams that can compete with an extra starter in there. Um, and I think it would just make the, the, the league a little too lopsided, even with the draft coming up. Um, especially this draft lacking the the perceived star power, so you're getting a lot of more like threes and fours, you know. Um, but I do think in the future it's a good idea. And I'm going to make the case for a wide receiver only, not an extra flex spot. Yeah, I think um, I would be fine with uh, either of the three. And I think that if we add, I think, again, the vote's pretty easy. The the initial vote is no, yes, or yes, but next year. And I think next year is the best option. I think we have, you know, at some point, you know, well, there's not enough wide receiver ones and twos. Yeah, that's the point, though, is you have to start drafting or picking up wide receiver threes and they're the most plentiful wide receivers are, uh, obviously. Um, but you know, I think flex also makes it. So if you're someone like Tyler and you've got, you know, five starting tight ends, if you, if you really wanted to start three of them, you could start a tight end and two tight ends in your flex. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why you would do that, but you could. So, uh, I mean, I'm fine with either. I just think, I actually don't mind what position we add, but I do think we need to add some more starting positions with how much bench depth we're going to end up with. Right. So so the reason why I say receiver, um, and this is just for the, the future discussion, but uh, running backs are notoriously limited compared to receivers. Tight ends are super notoriously limited receivers. I don't think anyone's worried about someone being able to start uh, four tight ends as opposed to three, which as opposed to two, because I don't think any team's going to start more than two tight ends at a time, except for maybe on a crazy bye week fill-in with uh, bye weeks or injuries, you know, things like that. And those aren't lasting to success kind of thing. So I, to me, that's not really the decision. It's more decision of like, well, I need the option for running back and wide receiver. And although I, I agree with the sentiment that like you should be able, like if we're going to add even more starting spots, especially with the fact that we're starting two QBs and all this, you should have the flexibility of putting in your optimal player. Uh, for me, I think that because wide receiver is the most plentiful, it's the easiest one to plug in someone that can actually have an effective week where um, the running back, it's not. I, I think that if we put a flex, it's just going to be- benefit the, the the stronger deep teams now more. And I think a wide receiver spot will, one, um, make it a little bit more even keel when we add it to the league and help the league be more competitive evenly. But on top of that, I think it's also going to... Uh, to help with uh, the draft because I think right now uh, if you put an extra flex spot I think nine times out of ten like we're going to just go super heavy on running backs and if you don't have at least three to four great running backs you're probably not going to be competitive because at the end of the day if you can fill three receivers uh, with with high-end stars and then you have four running backs 
because you have an extra flex spot that are all solid, I don't think you'll ever lose. And granted, if a team builds the right way and they never lose, good on them. That's the whole point. But um, I, I think that a extra receiver slot, and not this year, but in the future, uh, basically next year, because this draft has a lot of depth, and next year, I think, I think at the end of the 23 draft, we'll have far more even competition in the league, and I think that's the time to implement it. And so, to me, I think the the wide, an extra wide receiver, which is very common too, a lot of most uh, or a lot of leagues are two running back, three receiver, just because it's a more plentiful position, anyways. Um, I I think that's probably the ideal way to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I think, and I agree with you that if you add a flex, you you run the risk of people choosing to go running back heavy, but you also give other people the opportunity if you make it a flex to build their team or to really see where they see basically they get to choose where they see value and who's the most important and also to be contrarian if it's flex if it's wide receiver you have to be intentional about wide receivers if it's flex and everybody goes running back okay well you know i mean the last two years you know you've had wide receivers who turned out to be studs fall to the end of the first round of rookie drafts because we took a bunch of running backs so i mean i agree with you i just you know right. the ability to to be contrarian or to have uh you know to say nope i'm gonna do it around wide receivers because it's flex you have that ability whereas if it's wide receivers now you're pumping up the premium on a position you know rather than letting people choose what where they want the premium. Um, again, either way, I really am not leaning towards one or the other. I just think we should add something in the future, at least in 2023. Um, definitely not this year, but at some point we should definitely add some more starters. Right. So, um, yeah, the only extra point I'll put on is, and this is, this is speaking knowing my team because I know – I'm one of the few teams in the league that has actually been the most... I have been the most successful at this, not to toot my own horn. But uh, I don't think another team in the league has found the quality of running back that I have from the third round plus. Like, I mean, the... What was it? Last... Not... Yeah, last year alone, I ended up with... Or over the last two years, I mean, I ended up with Antonio Gibson in the third... Um, I ended up with Elijah Mitchell in the last round, James Robinson off the waivers, um, and those things with any team. Because, and I'm sure there's teams that have found like that diamond in the rough. Singletary comes to mind, a couple others, but like those will never happen again because the first three rounds will pretty much include every running back on earth. You know, so it. I I think it really directs the draft in a way that is very limiting to creativity and that's weird considering a flex is more creative with your starting position but i think that we would end up putting even more i i think a flex only or a running back obviously would put way more emphasis on a position that's already super important over the others yeah yeah i mean i think it it could go either way i think you have you know, I think our league does have several teams that value running backs over, you know, other positions. So you could end up with that. Um, you know, I, it would be it would be interesting to see though, um, whichever way we go. You know, to kind of make a mental note and in a few years kind of see how it plays out. If we start seeing more running backs drop because we added a wide receiver, you know, or vice versa if we add a flex. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Um, I want to say this is my least favorite vote. Uh, let's go to change tight end scoring uh, so they are worth more is how it is titled. Um, I think this is partially a response just to get tight ends being feet. trash. Yeah, is trying to like fluff up their value to them being trash um, as, as a whole. Um, I think this is also a response to the uh, popularity that over for the longest time you try to find super flex rankings because you can't find two QB generally, and they're more often than not tied to super flex tight end premium, um, which 
ends up making the tight end basically for people that don't know the most common way is a in a ppr which we're not we're only a half ppr um the right we're still half ppr i'm not crazy yeah that's okay. right all right so uh instead in a ppr where it's one ppr a tight end gets 1.5 points per reception um it's pretty straight and forward. It makes tight ends more important so that, like, in a draft, you actually draft tight ends other than the top three or four. Uh, the reason I'm not a fan of this rule change is twofold. One, I think this is something that needs to be implemented at the beginning of a league. Um, the, 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 the tight end heavy teams already set. And they're not going to change. And this ties into the other negative on the rule is when you lift a position up, you lift everyone up. And there's already a massive disparity on tight ends um, with the top guys versus everyone else that that disparity will just get greater if you increase their scoring. So the person that owns... Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, or Kittle, or whoever else is hot at the moment, um, they're going to be even more dominant of a, of a position because they're playing against Hunter Henry or Gesicki right now before he blows up or any of the other ones because tight ends generally, tight end four through 15 is not that different, but it is a huge fall off from tight ends one through three. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the the point is just it does raise all, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. But, you know, after the top four, basically, it's just a garbage heap. So, you know, the idea would be you increase their scoring, you know, by half of PPR, by whatever way you increase it and you make that garbage heap not smell so bad, um, I mean, it's still not going to be... You're still not going to be choosing to start them in your flex. Um, uh, I unless, think you would, depending unless, on the team. Well, if you have Kelsey and Andrews, you would be starting one of them in your flex in that position. But you're still not going to say, you know, well, I got James O'Shaughnessy, and he gets, you know, 1.5. You know what I'm saying? If you just have... You know the number twenty tight end. You know, I'm like, well, they get double the PPR, so I'm going to start them. You're still not going to be doing that, but it does make it so that you have. I think it would make it so that you have more equal value for all of the tight ends that are below the top four. Because, I mean, at this point, if you don't have one of them, you could drop somebody and somebody will pick them up, but they're not going to start them. They're just picking them up or tight ends. Right. Um, so, again, not married to the idea, just something to consider as far as as we try and equal out positions or figure out, hey, is there a disparity here? And maybe no one else sees a disparity. Um, All right. And, uh, you know, we leave it at is, as is. Again, I think this is one of those rules, though, that it would be like, hey, let's change this, but we're going to do it in the future because it would change – I think this would change, you know, rookie drafting. Uh, if we had this, Kyle Pitts might have been a top four pick last year. Um, and so... I think he, he was a top four pick. He would have what? I think he was a top four pick. He was either pick four or five, I think. Well, maybe he was. <laughs> he, <laughs> Touche. You, you know what? Honestly, uh, well, he would have been, been number uh, two. That's what it would have been. Yeah. If, if, if yeah. tight ends are worth more, he would have been number two behind Trevor Lawrence. And then whoever picked him would have looked like the biggest genius on earth because Trevor Lawrence fell on his face. Now, right. now, the the problems I see with this, and we can get into this later too. But um, so so the reason the top guys are the top guys are generally because they catch way more passes and they catch way more. They have way more targets and they get way more yards than the other ones. So. If you're going to lift it up by increasing their points per reception, you're just going to increase the disparity even more. I, th I think the argument, the idea is great, like socialism, but the, the argument ends up actually at its crux being how do we make the value of tight ends compared to, or, or what you end up 
doing rather than what you set out to do is you're increasing the value of tight ends compared to other positions, not within themselves. Um, yeah, I, that, that's the point that I'm making. Though. Right. What, you want you want happened. tight ends to have their fair day. The, the, the point I'm making is that without starting as a tight end premium kind of league, um, the teams are set in the way they're set, and it doesn't matter no matter what. There's only going to be elite tight ends and everyone else. There will never be any kind of a semblance of, of evening the keel with teams with tight ends because, honestly, that's a positional advantage. So, basically, all you're doing is cr- increasing the positional advantage. And um, I think we already have enough with the, the 2QB requirement as opposed to a super flex tight end pre- premium that we don't need... We don't need two super scarce positions that carry the most value, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're already scarce, but it it would definitely not be. There's always going to be a disparity within the position, but it would just be, you know, hey, instead of waiting until the fifth round of our rookie draft and then all the tight ends that weren't Kyle Pitts get drafted, you've got people drafting tight ends. You know, like uh, what's his name from the Steelers in the second round uh, or in the back of the first round because he, in any other year, would have been the best tight end if Kyle Pitts wasn't there. Right. So it's it's definitely more about um, trying to revive them off the trash heap than to bring, you know, you're still going to have disparity within the position. I agree. I get it. Um, and so, so yeah, basically my biggest argument is when in, in the process of reviving them on the trash heap, all you essentially do is uh, make the the three or four teams lucky enough or smart enough, lucky enough actually because they got them ahead of the role change, but uh, smart enough to, to house the, the three or four or five elite guys and the rest of the teams are just, they got no chance because they now have this juggernaut and then it just, yeah. To me, like if the goal is to make, tight ends more important only then that is sensical but it's nonsensical in the sense of trying to create competitiveness in the league uh better ways better ways to average the tight ends out would probably be increase their their uh touchdown value rather than anything because tight ends live on touchdowns alone but then you have like the the problem of like okay well this game you have a big swing because your tight end got one or two touchdowns and the other in the other team he didn't manage to get it that time well then you've created a huge disadvantage that route and then on top of that most of the top tight ends generally score most of the touchdowns on tight end sorry Kyle Pitts but um and then the disparity still there. I think the only way to really even out tight end scoring is to actually reduce tight end scoring compared, but then you reduce their importance even more to the point where you can just ignore the position. So to me, I think the fact that tight ends exist rather than just having pass catchers, that that's how you want to make tight ends important or whatever, or, or get rid of the unfairness of tight ends i think the only way to do that is to get rid of the tight end position completely and just have it be a flex position yeah i mean but then again now you're looking at some teams that have five or six roster spots they're like well you know don't need these anymore and you're just going to drop all of them um so you're you're taking away massive value rather than adding some value to the mediocre tight ends right so why don't we just petition the nfl to get rid of the position altogether you have pass uh, catchers the, rather the than wide receivers are not tight ends anyway they're wide receivers yeah wide receivers and tight ends are arbitrary things it's whoever kept ca- you should be all pass catcher only rather than running back ca- pass catcher and if you decide to have your pass catcher be an inline blocker half the time or most of the time then that's your decision. If it's a guy that mostly blocks and doesn't run a lot of routes, well, then he's just an extra lineman, basically, that 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 uh, checks in as a receiver. Like, yeah, I, you, I, I think it's a... Yeah, a fullback. Yeah, I, I think it's a stupid position. Yeah, I think it's a stupid position, and it undervalues the people that play it anyways because they get paid less than most receivers. Um, so I think those are our points on it. Let's move on because we're uh, getting close to the time we set. 
uh, because I'm doing this at work and it's late. So next up, we have consider eliminating the three extra IR spots that are designated for COVID players. I think you and I are both on board for this. I think that um, it has created more problems this last season than it's worth because we have to police them all the time. And I just, I think we need to get rid of them altogether and just go back to having three IR spots. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think COVID's not real anymore, and so we should get rid of COVID spots. And next question. All right, perfect. So the only thing I will say is we can have an alternate discussion as to if we want to vote on how IR, how COVID's handled from that point or IR's handled. Now, I know the NFL has done nothing. Right? They're doing nothing as far as kicking people out this season, right, for COVID, other than the week they're sick. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think they're getting even more – the time allotted to sit out is even shorter and the test period is shorter. I mean, they're just, and that's just going to keep getting shorter. It's and not because it doesn't exist. I was kidding, but just because it's going to become more like the common cold or the flu and people are just more okay and accepting of it. I think the NFL is just sick of losing money at this point and having players be upset. So they're going to just bite the bullet, but let's just say, why don't we add a little caveat and we'll just put this as a note. Um, I think we should discuss, and I've heard this in other leagues, and I think I love it 100%, is let's say we do have a flare-up and COVID becomes a problem again. Let's not add the IR spot. Um, Let's just say if you're an extended COVID out, what you should be able to do is drop the player, and it is protected, and you get him back after his stint. Yeah, that's – I have – another dynasty league uh that i'm in it's a salary cap league but that's what we do especially since we have small benches we only have like 11 bench spots right um you basically if somebody tests positive for covid especially if they're unvaccinated because they got to be out longer you just say hey you know cam newton has covid i'm dropping him he's protected and then once they are cleared you have 24 hours to pick them back up and if you don't well then they're open game yeah, I think we should go a little longer than 24 hours. I think we should go to yeah, I mean, if he plays yeah, you, a game and then he's still on it. Basically, I, I think the way it would best be controlled, and I think we should do this, people. So we'll we'll have a second vote. We'll put on the docket if we end up getting rid of COVID as what to do if there is like a COVID issue with this. And I think this is the best way to do it. And I think what it should be is, is instead of 24 hours, because people go out of town they they lose things whatever i think we should either one automatically just admin put them back on and drop them for the player that they picked up and that's the understood if they don't do it themselves within 24 hours that way like if you find a diamond in the rough and you didn't proactively like drop someone else to get your guy you still get your guy back but you end up losing that diamond in the rough and everyone has a chance at him again and that's a way of penalizing a person for not paying attention or I just say that you have until they play, and once they play, they become fair game because that's when the the ability to pick them up locks. So if those if those waivers run Sunday morning and you haven't picked them up at that point, then he's fair game. Yeah, yeah. Any of that variation, I would be fine with. I think obviously, hopefully, we don't have that issue. But you're know, having a contingency plan in place before it happens is always going to be better so you know if we decide to get rid of them having a second vote that says okay do we want to have contingency plan like this example yes or no and then we have a secondary vote uh, i think would be probably a a good way to go perfect all right well we'll put that on the docket if we get rid of it but i think it's long overdue to get rid of it it wasn't really an issue last year and to to a huge extent like, it didn't happen often where the COVID, it was more an exploitation for teams like yours and mine that we just, we had guys on COVID, so we managed to sneak up, snake up other people. And it made it hard, and it went more to, it made it hard to drop people, you know, so you're always trying trying to figure out when you can get someone on COVID. And then we also had to police a lot, and like, I had to deal with it in the keeper league too, is like, I was getting 
jammed up by people going like, hey, my opponent still hasn't dropped the, or taken this person off IR and he's rolling with an extra person and I had to deal with it and it just, it got ugly. So I think we just eliminate the ability to make that mistake or exploit that loophole. Yeah, I agree. So, um, all right. Well, that was on the list. Did I mention another one before we, we started going that we needed to talk about? I can't remember. I feel like I did. Yeah, I mean, so the only one that's not on there that, um, that <laughs> no current league members have mentioned wanting to change uh, <laughs> is how we uh, do our uh, rookie draft pick. That's right. Um, that's right. Slotting. And so, you know, this was, as you know, I stated last year when we kind of uh, decided to do this differently, it was Oh, it was stated as, hey, this is a trial. We're going to do this and see how it turns out. If you don't like it, then we'll figure out another way to do it. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways we can do it so that it's like a lottery. So, you know, you're not guaranteed the first pick if you come in last, but you have six chances rather than, you know, and you do the lottery ball thing. And right. so, it, like, the NBA does it, basically. And so The NHL, too. Know, yeah. So, so right. basically, yeah, going, so we'll, we'll just, we'll explain it real quick. So like basically going through anyone that didn't make the playoffs. And I think there was, there was also protection of how far you could drop if you were the worst team, correct? Right. Right. So basically, um, yeah, like, like it said, the worst team has the best odds down to the least worst of the non-playoff teams. Anyone that made the playoffs had zero chance of getting the first pick. And it was designed to keep people in it and deter tanking. Um, there was also... there was also Sorry, go ahead. And then there was also proposition of things like, well, we have a mini tournament to, to prevent taking that way or this or that or keep people engaged. I don't think that ever got off the ground. But um, to me, I, I don't... I don't hate the rule because I'm, I'm used to it with the NBA and the NHL doing it. Um, that being said, I understand the arguments against it, that the worst team should get the best player, and although the worst team isn't always the worst team because there is the chance for a tanking for a, a generational talent, let's say, um, that one, that generational talent doesn't always work out, and that's a stupid argument because you'd rather increase your odds. Um, but two is, um, I think the the amount of time that the 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 team that doesn't deserve to be even remotely close to the last pick gets it, I don't think that ever happens. Or if it does, it's very rare. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, the other dynasty league I'm in, we don't have anything like this, but we have dues. So everyone is paying to be in the league, and since you're paying to be in the league, you want to win because you get a share of you know the money, and so there's an incentive there, you know. So right. I guess theoretically, if we didn't want to do anything like this, and the worst team always got the first pick, then hey, maybe we should have dues because then there's a buy-in, and everybody stays checked in. If the team starts to go south, they they keep setting roster. They, you know, everyone stays connected as it is now. There's no incentive. It doesn't matter. There's no pot of money. So if your team isn't doing great halfway through the season, you just stop logging into sleeper. And then on Sundays, it's going to be like, hey, you have three people that aren't starting that are supposed to be on IR. Right. Uh, so it's really just the, it's not to screw people that uh, have a down year from getting the first pick, it's to keep the lead competitive and And honest we have a 10 team league and six people make the playoffs so not being competitive and not paying attention and checking out or tanking has a huge effect on our league especially since we have aniston points and could you know could the guy that's on the borderline could get screwed because somebody else played the tanking team and he didn't and that week that was last week he got kicked out of the playoffs because he wasn't playing the tanking team right uh so, so yeah, that's really just the beat. To, I just want the, we want the league to be fun, but we want it to be fun for everybody, not just the people that are winning and everyone to have a chance. I think it's just a competitive thing, and I'm more than willing to change the rules and open to suggestions. But I think we should have something um, that keeps everyone engaged and competitive the whole year. Yeah. So uh, so people that 
aren't really they're they're kind of looking in the nuts and bolts in it and they don't realize what this was designed for um it's not so much even the the tanking for the number one pick is the issue so much as like you were getting at and I'm, i'm just trying to articulate this a different way so people gain even more perspective on it it's not so much that you're worried about the good teams getting the number one pick it's more about screwing the other teams out of potentially playoffs or whatever because a team that should make the playoffs goes into tank mode um, or a team that shouldn't make the playoffs goes into tank mode, and maybe they would have ended up two or three, and they're more competitive because they're attempting to tank. Um, like you said, a, a, a team gets an easy play, and they end up in the playoffs. So basically, it's more to keep the, the race for the playoffs competitive more than anything. Right, yeah, exactly. And to keep it year-long and not like halfway through the season – well, it's clear that, you know, these three teams are tanking and are they're not competitive, so they're just not filling a lineup. So there's only one team that's actually trying, and everyone else is just looking like, oh, when do I play them? There's two Aniston points for me. Um, and it's just, yeah. And if you're not that person that gets to play them that week, it's frustrating because you're like, well, I had to play Jason again, and he scored 2,000 points. But, you know, the other guy True who statement. Right behind in the standings, Played the tanker and he got two free points and now he passed me in the standings. Right. So or he stayed ahead of you when you should have passed him. So, right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That that that's more the reality. So so in a perfect world, I'm against this kind of thing because in a perfect world, I think that um, the teams play honestly and then this isn't an issue. And I think, like, for the NBA and the NHL, I actually think it's a flawed system because there are there's no Aniston points, there's no anything, and I think it's actually a very flawed system because the, uh, the tanking for number one generally doesn't affect whether teams get in, and that's because they play 82 games a season. They don't play yeah. a finite amount. So I actually think those leagues are very stupid to do the lottery. Um but a league like this and a system like this, I actually think it's a very good thing. I think the NFL should consider something like this. Um, I, I I think major major sports actually have it way backwards. Um, so I do think it's necessary in here just because you can't trust the honesty of a full league. And I'm not trying to knock you guys or whatever. But like, and I know how I play and how I would do it. But like, not everyone's that way, especially like. You put a juicy, fat, massive number one player in front of dangling someone, the Peyton Manning, the Andrew Luck, especially in a league like this. Like, people that say they wouldn't tank, man, a lot of people start thinking about tanking at that point, you know? So, so I think it's very important. Exactly. Hanging in front of you, you just need to finish out the season by losing and not feeling the best roster. And on the, you know, and this is a selfish point of view but as the commissioner it's almost impossible to go to someone and say you're tanking you're ruining the competitive spirit of the league either you know stop it or you're out and i'm this is not something i've done and it's not something you can do you can't prove that oh yeah it's near impossible yeah you don't and you know this and other people are commissioners as well you also hate to get all the messages from everyone else it's like i'm playing so and so building a full roster but look at this guy and it's like sorry man there's like i can tell them but we don't have any rules and there's nothing preventing this so on a selfish level this keeps me from i don't have to worry about it because hey you want to tank tank but there's no guarantee if you could have gotten the playoffs you should have gotten the playoffs there's no guarantee you're gonna get the first pick even if you do tank and come in last right so so we'll talk about this more in the discussion because we're gonna finish this out right now and try to finish this off. This ran a little longer than I wanted it to, but I think we got some good content here, and it gives people that aren't going to be involved in the Discord at least some idea of what to think about before they vote. Um, so I will say that I, I'm in favor of keeping the the lottery system. I think that we're going to have to have a second vote that if the lottery system stays, and keep this in mind when you decide to vote whether you want the lottery system or not. Um I think we should maybe consider amending the lottery system or if we lose it, we should still think about amending the system. 
the, I don't know what the NBA has, but I know the NHL has a protection that you cannot have the number one pick two years in a row. So whether it's a lottery or not, I think there should be a good consideration. So like if you're the worst team two years in a row, you can't have the number one pick, but you would be slotted one pick back and that guy would be picked one forward. And that would be a way to maybe not, it wouldn't prevent tanking as much, but it would, uh, it would limit the, it would limit the, uh, the effect it has on the league a little more, I think at least from the competitive nature as far as roster construction it wouldn't change the in-season implications that this rule or this this idea of lottery systems exists for um but even if we keep the lottery system i think that we should really consider that because um it it one it adds a little bit of an odd gamesmanship uh to it and, and, yeah, sometimes you get hosed on it because you don't get the number one pick two years in a row and you're a terrible team, but you're not dropping far, you know? You're dropping one spot. Um, but it, it adds an element to preventing tanking for number one in a, a more fair way, I think. Because I think the lottery system's nuts that you get rocked. Maybe it's something like you end up in last... There's an amended version to it where you end up in last place two two years in a row. And the first year you get hosed out of it, so you end up with the number two pick or whatever, or number three pick. Um, after that, if you end up in last place again, then maybe you get the last place... You get the number one pick no matter what the following year, you know? I, I think it could yeah. be either a one-way ticket where you can't have it two years in a row and that's just the rule... Or you can have it. You can't have it two years in a row, but if you don't get it the first year, you get it the second year. Or if we do the lottery system, you say no matter what, you can't be first. You can't have the first pick two years in a row. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. On the flip side of that, for every year that you finish last, but you don't get the first pick, and you are in the lottery the following year, you get an extra lottery ball put in there so if, if that makes sense so like in if you are the worst team and but you end up with the third pick right you you year, increase your no odds even more at, you get an extra lottery ball because you didn't get the first pick so now you have a you know so you basically you're increasing your odds of getting it because you didn't get it the year before you're still not guaranteed but your odds no matter where you finish if you finish out of the playoffs are a little better just to help you out because you didn't get it the year before, if that makes sense. Right. I like that idea, but I don't think that's smart for for bad teams. Uh, like, I like the novelty of it, but I honestly think, I think, one, you shouldn't be able to get the... the I, I'm firmly in the belief that if you get the 101 through the lottery, you can't get it the next year. And that doesn't just include the last place team. That includes any team that gets any the one on one. So I think yeah. I think that's and I and I didn't say that before. I think that's a really important thing that I don't think any team should be able to get the one on one through a lottery system two years in a row. Um, obviously if you got rid of the lottery system then that would only apply to the one on one the the team that got last place twice in a row. Um, right. but on top of that, I like the idea that if if you're the last place, I, I think it's better if you're the last place team and you don't get the lottery that year that you were guaranteed the one, the 101 the following year if you get last place again. Um, I know that that's a, a very weird thing, but to me, I think if a team improves enough, if they're last place and they improve enough, they're not going to be in the same position to tank for the 101 again um but i i do think that there is a chance that if a team is terrible and needs the 101 because obviously in this league other than maybe like three times or like t once or twice in a decade the 101 is going to be a qb right like it's probably a once in a decade thing that a 101 is not going to be a qb in this league um, and so 
not getting the top tier QB out of a draft class has huge detrimental uh, effects to the last place team because generally the last place team is going to be the worst team. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, granted, like the the now empty team that got last place this past this year, I believe. Um, I correct me if I'm wrong on that. They they traded away everything to have a QB, so they don't have that issue. But that's generally not the the case. the The last place team still needs a QB, and even that team, I think, needs one more really solid QB. Um, so. To me, if we deprive going the route of just adding increased odds the following year, but we deprive a team that's consistently the worst team ever from getting a star, Q, a, a more likely stud QB, I just think we're just keeping them in the doghouse too long, you know? Yeah, I mean, you don't don't want to keep that team down uh, for sure. Just if it's you know continually getting punished through the lottery so you know i think there's several ways to address that um but i think overarching because i know you want to get back to work i think overarching the whole i think the takeaway would be hey this isn't like a vendetta this isn't a this is how i prefer to build my team this is a hey i want the league to be competitive for everybody to have fun top to bottom and to not have to to figure out if somebody's tanking or not and then go and talk to them and then get pissed off at me to just have rules in place that say hey man you do your team how you want but here are the rules it's not necessarily going to benefit you in the end if you do it this way right so and so in closing i think everyone should really between us i think everyone should really consider that there are professional leagues that do this um i i think when you hear it and i think it was more Oh, just got a call. Um, so basically, oh god, I hate this place too. Um, basically, uh, I'm gonna let you go, Clay, because I gotta get going. But um, if you, uh, we'll, we'll get more into this in the Discord, and I'm gonna finish up this episode after I get back from this call. But yeah, basically, um, I I think people should consider this. So uh, I appreciate it, Clay, but I gotta get going. All right. All right. Be safe, brother. All right. Bye. All right, well, it's now 3 in the morning, and I'm finally getting back to continuing this podcast, so a good six hours later or something like that, and uh, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I want to thank Clay for coming on to the show, I thought we had some good topics to discuss, and uh, I'll reach out to everyone tomorrow on the chat, and we'll figure out some Discord times, we might have to do both days uh, just short forums each day. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, uh, as always, the football goonie says never die and have a good night.